Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Bob Rathbun here in Atlanta. My guest this week is going to be the outstanding voice of the Houston Cougars. Jeremy Branham will stop by. We'll talk about Cougar basketball coming off the loss at Iowa State midweek and getting ready to head to TCU for the weekend. Great comments from Jeremy about the Cougs and also the great Elvin Hayes. That's coming up. You won't want to miss that. We begin, of course, with our Jersey Mike's news and notes for the week and a tough injury note to start. USC star guard Isaiah Collier is out four to six weeks with a hand injury that he suffered Wednesday night in the Trojans' loss to Washington State. They go to Colorado this weekend. Of course, Isaiah Collier is our reigning Jersey Mike's Boys High School Player of the Year out of Wheeler High School in Marietta, Georgia. So we really hated to hear about Isaiah's injury and hope he makes it back fine before the end of the season. You know, you go on the road these days in college basketball, and you just kind of take your life in your own hands. As we saw with Houston at uh, Ames on Tuesday night, we've had four top 25 teams this week to lose on the road against unranked opponents. Purdue losing at Nebraska, the Cougs at Iowa State, Tennessee losing at Mississippi State, and Kansas up 16, goes on the road to Orlando, and they lose at Central Florida. Craziness in the first weeks of the new college basketball conference season. Our Jersey Mike's Women's Collegiate Player of the Year from last year, Iowa's Caitlin Clark, did it again. Another triple-double, her second consecutive triple-double, and the 15th of her career in Iowa's win at Purdue. It's the second time in her career she's had back-to-back triple-doubles. Keep your eye on a big game this weekend. It's going to be Iowa and Indiana at Carver-Hawkeye on Saturday. Both teams have won 13 in a row. Both teams are 5-0 in the Big Ten. One to watch this weekend. My interview with Jeremy Branham when we come back after this from Jersey Mike's. Good news. There's a Jersey Mike's coming to your area. You probably got a ton of questions, so I'll try to answer some. Yes, the meat and cheese for every cold sub is freshly sliced right in front of you. Yes, we grill every hot sub right in front of you. No, we do not accept pirate doubloons for payment. Yes, we have catering, 12 subs in a box. No, our restaurants are not haunted. I hope. Okay, congrats on the New Jersey Mike's. A sub above. We welcome to the podcast this week, the voice of the Houston Cougars, Jeremy Branham. Jeremy, thanks for taking time out to be with us. And how is life in the Big 12? Yeah, happy to uh, to be on with you. I always like talking some Cougar basketball. Uh, life in the Big 12 is fun. I, I think that we, we kind of experience it firsthand, a little Hilton magic, what it's like to go into Ames. Uh, also, just you know everything around the game, not even the game itself, but uh, lots of snow, it, it, difficult to get to Ames with the snow and icy roadways. So, uh, yeah, have kind of been given the, uh, the, the full treatment to, to Ames, Iowa pretty quickly. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, this conference is incredible, as you know, and now you're getting a taste of it firsthand. I've always said to my good friend, Fran Fraschilla, who you saw uh, call the game for ESPN on Tuesday night. I've always said to friend, you got to have short-term memory loss in this conference because everybody is going to get whipped. It's just a matter of how many times. This league is unbelievable, and uh, sadly, that game Tuesday night was over before it started. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that last part. Now, now spotting a team to a, a 14 nothing run is difficult. 
uh, and you know not scoring in the first six minutes of the game. But, but Houston took ended up taking the lead in the, in the second half, and it was a tie game with under 40 seconds to play. So uh, despite a sluggish start, and you could call it a poor start, they, they were right there at the end. You know, they made it a game after it didn't look like it was going to be. Uh, but you're right about the the overall you know part the direction of the league when it when it comes to having that short term memory. Kelvin Sampson's brutally honest about it too. I think in a way to maybe temper expectation with the fan base. Like, hey, it's gonna be tough to win on the road. You know, you got to pick some games here and there, or pluck some games here and there where you can you can steal a, a road win. Look at uh, what happened with Kansas at UCF the day after Houston lost at, at Iowa State. So it's just difficult to win on the road. I think you could probably win the league with 13 wins out of the 18 games. So it's a challenge. Samson says that you're always, uh, you know, a three-game losing streak away. You know, so you talk about that short-term memory. You have to have that because you don't want that game to kind of, you know, carry the cloud of losing into the next one. So uh, you're right. It's a, it's a challenge. It's a gauntlet. You're always a three-game losing streak away with the, the challenges of the Big 12 and just kind of the way the schedule sets up. But I think the key is just pluck, uh, plucking some road wins here and there. You know, you're, you're going to lose them. You're going to lose a bunch of road games. But you pluck a few, you position yourself nicely. Well, one of the hallmarks of Coach Sampson's teams over the years, uh, no matter where he's been, is that toughness on the road. And what made Houston so good in the American, of course, was their road dominance. Did you not have a like a 12-game road winning streak come to an end in Ames? That, yeah, that, that is correct. They, they did have 12 in a row uh, on the road come to an end. I think it's philosophy, too, of the team. You're, you're right, it's toughness. Like You have to have that toughness to be able to go on the road to win in any league, uh, especially in the Big 12. So you're on to something there. I also think defense travels. Uh, I think defense travels a little bit better than offense. You're, you're going to miss shots on the road. Uh, you're not going to be familiar with you know a bunch of road settings. Now, the defense travels. You know, And Houston has had one of the best defenses in the country the last few years right now. Uh, their defense, you look at some of the Kim Palm defensive efficiencies and the metrics, they love Houston. Uh, they think they have an elite defense, the best defense in the country. And I think that's easier to travel with. Like, defense isn't really going to go anywhere. Like, you're going to have games where you're better defensively than worse defensively, but it's not as volatile as offense. Like, you're going to have a great shooting night, poor shooting night, and you're really going to notice it. Your best defensive game and your worst defensive game, it's tighter. It's more of a, a steady hand. So I think that that's one reason, too, why Samson's been so good on the road. And what makes Houston so tough defensively, of course, Jeremy, is their pressure on the ball. Uh, and you could see that in the comeback at Iowa State. Uh, they really get after you. And it, it must be fun to watch if you enjoy the defensive side of the ball. It's a lot of fun to watch these guys see five players act as one. See, to me, it's more about, uh, I completely agree. And to me, it just makes, I'm, I'm a Houston grad. I went to the University of Houston, born and raised in Houston. So I'm, I'm Houston through and through. You know, I, I root for anything that has Houston across its, its chest. And the way that they play makes them easy to root for because it's effort. Like you mentioned, it's one, two, it's desire, it, it's, it's hustle. It's playing the game hard. It's playing the game the right way. So it makes it really easy to cheer for a blue-collar team like that if you're you know, from Houston and you're rooting for Houston. They're giving it their all, and I think that's what fans really want from their teams. They want them to win, of course, but you can tolerate losing whenever the effort is there. It's whenever the effort is not there and the desire is not there uh, whenever it's difficult for a fan. So, yeah, it, it kind of it puts a smile on, on my face with 
the effort that they give, the hustle, uh, their commitment to that. But it starts with Coach Sampson. Like, that's the standard that he sets. If you're not going to do that, you're not going to play. And he lets you know that in the recruiting process. You know, he's a, he's a no a BS kind of guy. Hey, this is, this is how we play. This, he takes recruits to practice. This is what we're going to do. This is our culture. This is how we play. So they know it before they get there. And a lot of players want that. You know, they, they want to play that style. They want to be developed into NBA players. So it starts with him and the culture that he sets. And he sets it before day one. He sets it before those, those players even step foot on campus. I was interested in your take on, on LJ Cryer from this perspective. It's always great to have a steady hand out front. Uh, leading your offense, and a guy who's got experience in the Big 12, knows what it's all about. What a boon to have him uh, in his senior year as you make the transition to the Big 12. Yeah, he's been a lot of fun to watch. I've known uh, I've known of Pryor for a long time. Grew up in the uh, the Houston area, played in Katy uh, ISD. So he, he's a name that's been you know circulating around Houston for a long time. Of course, went to Baylor, uh, was on that national championship team that beat Houston in the Final Four. Uh, ironically, uh, Cryer unfortunately didn't have his best game against Iowa State. In fact, it was a season low, and you, you tip your cap to Iowa State, who's also one of the best defensive teams in the country for doing that. But you're right. I mean, he, he's been as consistent uh, prior to that Iowa State game as you can be, has been one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Came into that Iowa State game, in fact, leading the Big 12 in three-pointers made per game, uh, leading score for Houston. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, he's not the biggest. You know, he, he's he's six foot six foot one uh not the tallest guard but he's so fast you know it's kind of how he gets to his shots uh, samson does a, a really good job of having him come off screens to create shots for him and things like that but his quickness to me is why he has the ability to get off good looks you know if you're six five six six you can almost always get a good look because you can just rise and fire over shorter guards uh, Cryer doesn't have that luxury so he has to use that speed that he has and that quickness that he has to create good looks and I've been really impressed with how he has the ability to do that. You guys are getting ready to hit the road. You make the truck up to Fort Worth. What's your take on TCU? Really good. Uh, really good. You look at what they've done through the, the non-con. They've been a very difficult team. Jamie Dixon always does a, a really good job. Uh, you only have a two-game sample to work from you know, based on who they've played so far in the league. And uh, I would say that that two-game sample is pretty good. Now, I know that they're one and one, but look at who they played. They went into Allen Fieldhouse and could have won the game. I'm not going to say that they should have. Uh, some people would. Uh, some people said, would say that there were some calls down the stretch that went against them. I think there were probably 50-50 calls, coin flip calls, and, and Kansas edged them by a point. So went on the road, lost to the then number two team in the country by one point, and led for a good chunk of that game. And then they returned home and beat Oklahoma, who was top 15 in the country. So, like you were talking about earlier, Big 12 is a gauntlet. Houston plays at Iowa State, who's Ken Palm net ranking top 15. And now they're taking on TCU, who came within a point of knocking off the then number two team in the country and then beating top 15 Oklahoma. So, TCU is really good. Road games are difficult. I expect it to be a, a challenge. I expect it to be a war Saturday in Fort Worth. Jeremy, you mentioned your Houston through and through. We'll leave you on this one. Uh, what's it like sitting next to the Big E every night, Elvin Hayes? Yeah, it's a great pleasure. You know, uh, it's uh, I'm probably a little bit too young to really appreciate the greatness that was Elvin Hayes. I never saw him play. You know, I never saw him play live. 
Uh, certainly went back and watched highlights, and I'm certainly very familiar with his numbers. Easily the greatest Houston Cougar basketball player of all time, which might pique some intrigue whenever I say that, because you've had Akeem Olajuwon, you've had Clyde Drexler, but go look at their college numbers and compare it to Elvin Hayes, and it's it's a men uh, amongst boys, quite frankly. Uh, so the greatest Houston Cougar basketball player of all time, I would put him on the short list of one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. And then he did it in the pros too. You know, he, he's on the, he was on the top 50 players of all time. They recently named the 75 top players ever, I think in the 75th anniversary. You know, he wears that jacket sometimes. Uh, I know him more as a, as a friend than I do as a, as a basketball player though. So it, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. I love working with the Big E's. Very gentle man. Uh, very gentle, very sweet. Uh, and then you're like, oh, this is also a guy who's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Uh, it, it's kind of like a peripheral point at times, but it's a lot of fun. You know, it's a, it's a pleasure. And, and I'm going to look back someday and say, yeah, I worked, you know, seven, eight, nine years with, with Elvin Hayes, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. So it's a, it's a real treat. It really is. Well, Jeremy, I think you are correct on your observation about the greatness of Elvin Hayes. He was something else. And you know, what he did uh, with Guy V and everything with the UCLA game and all the stuff at the Astrodome, all that stuff. I mean, it's just college you know, basketball the, legend. One of the, I think, underrated things, too, about the Big East college basketball career was that he kind of, he, he really, like, was a trailblazer in integration of college basketball. If you go back to those Guy V. Lewis days, you know, one of the bigger reasons that they got Elvin Hayes and Don Chaney were, were the two, uh, the two black players that came to the university of Houston. And a lot of schools couldn't touch them. They didn't want them because it was still a very racist time then. And there wasn't a whole lot of integration yet. So he actually was a, a huge trailblazer in that when Guy V brought Elvin, when he brought Don Chaney, uh, to Houston, it kind of uh, it started that integration that we would start to see more commonly. So, you know, he doesn't get a lot of credit for that, but I would I would add that to one of like the accolades in his career. Perfect, Jeremy. Thanks so much for taking time. This has been so good, so interesting. We appreciate it. That's it for this week. Thank you to Jeremy, and good luck to the Cougars this weekend. Next week, I'll be chatting with. North Carolina big man Armando Baycott as we talk about the Tar Heels, his amazing run in Chapel Hill, all of that coming up next week. Until then, Bob Rathman from all of us here at the Naismith Awards in Atlanta saying so long.